What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Lego. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. Uh. As always, intro and outro music provided by Park and Main. You can check them out over at parkandmainband.com. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at J Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And we are available <laughs> on all podcasting <laughs> sure. platforms, all pod forms. And don't forget to rate, review, <laughs> and subscribe. You can also find us on brightsideofthesun.com.com.com. There you go. There you go. Hey, you know what? Really quick. Sure. So uh, my my cousin-in-law, my fake cousin-in-law, Sam, has you uh-huh. in his phone as podcasting partner, Paul. I know that. That's, that's like the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> he heard did. in my entire life. He did. He's got my last name now. Yeah. And for the record, he told me he did not change it. And he left you as podcasting <laughs> nice. partner, Paul. And I told him he had to. I'm like, you can't change it from podcasting partner, Paul, to Paul's actual last name. That's, that's just, that's, that's, that's wrong no. on all sorts of levels. So you forever will Triple be podcast yeah it's it's an alliteration it is an alliteration you're not only the podcasting partner paul but you're also a english term that we would learn in english class i don't know sorry i I fucking lost that it it just wouldn't work as well if my name was steve i could come up with alliteration there somewhere but i don't think so (laughs) let's see Nope, nope, I got nothing. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so let's 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 cut right down to it here on this episode of Fanning the Flames. We're gonna run through free agency, which is now for the most part closed, right? We've got some yeah, one I, one roster spot open, right? One technically, yeah. I mean, they've got one. I don't know if they're gonna actually fill it with any. At some point, I mean, they've perhaps, got two way guys, so they can have. Yeah. Fit. They got two-way guys, and there isn't technically – I don't know if there's actually going to be a G League this year, so the two-way guys are basically on the roster anyway. <laughs> well, so, and if there is – you know you know what's funny? <laughs> let's let's talk about Robert Sarver's brilliance for a moment here. <laughs> because – because <laughs> – so the Suns, obviously, we all know they sold their G League team, right? Yes. But if G League happens this year, where is the Suns' G League team going to play? Not in Arizona. In Phoenix. They are going to play in Phoenix. The Detroit G League team, which is who I think they sold it to, yes, are going to still play in Arizona. So, again, Robert Sarver is playing chess while everybody else plays checkers. You know what? what? Save some money, <laughs> but still keep your G League team right down the road, like even closer than before. Ah, uh-huh. genius, genius. Eh. Well, actually, what I've heard is that they're planning in – Trying to do a G League bubble in Phoenix. No, I don't know about that part. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. From what I've read, from what I've seen, if there is a G League affiliate that the Suns are related to this season, they will be playing in Phoenix as of right okay. now, as of as of November 28th at 10:49 p.m. Because we record at ungodly hours. <laughs> that is where the Suns G League. Excuse me the Suns affiliated G League team will be playing, which means that any G League player is going to be literally, literally moments, minutes, miles away from insert name here arena in downtown Phoenix. (laughs) That's what we need to call it. (laughs) Insert name here arena. Yes. I think we should press for that. Let's push that. Let's push for that. Anyway, where did I leave off on the rundown? I said free agency. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about Kelly Oubre's uh, briefly comments uh, about about the Suns. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about those. And then you know we're gonna lay out our non-Suns West power rankings, and then drop in after we lay those out where the Suns are gonna fall. Spoiler alert: You probably don't really need a guess where i'm going to say paul on the other hand might not say what i'm gonna say 
Might not. Definitely won't. <laughs> Definitely won't. Okay. So, all right, let's 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 hop in. Let's talk about free agency. So, let's last time it. we recorded, we recorded right after the draft. At that point, we knew, well, CP3 was a son. But that's about all we knew. That's well, about we, all we, knew. We, we knew about Jalen Smith was a son. Okay. Uh, fair. Fair. We did. We did. Since then, the Suns have signed Jay Crowder. They've signed Langston Galloway. They've signed Etwan Moore. Etwan? Etwan? Etwan. They've we'll signed Damian out. Jones, and they've signed Tyshawn Alexander to a to a contract, which goes back to my my first point. But yeah. beside the point, um, they also re-signed Javon Carter, which I think we all kind of saw coming. I mean, we all assumed that was going to happen, right? Yeah, we all being you and me because it's only yes. you and me talking was, right now. It was for more than I kind of expected, but it's not an unreasonable number by any means. N- not that three years, thirty million. I thought you said earlier, right? <laughs> so I got Jay Crowder, Javon Carter kind of screwed up. When we were getting ready, when we were we were prepping for the pod, I asked Paul, "I go, do we know what Carter signed for?" And he goes, "Yeah, three years, twenty nine point eight million." And I was like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah," I'm like, "What?" He's like, yeah. I said, Javon Carter. He goes, oh, I thought you said Crowder. <laughs> I was like, and my heart skipped like 18 beats right there. I was like, maybe James Jones is actually insane. Okay, but he's not. <laughs> We're good. But, you know, three years, three years at 11 and a half million. Eh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's not the worst. It. It's not the worst thing signing in the world. It's just, <sighs> excuse me. You know, wow. we record so wow, late Paul. at night. We are six minutes in. <laughs> Six minutes in, you're yawning. You're yawning. Yes, but I, I, the the number of years is fine. I'm very, I'm fine with that. It, I don't know. I think I just expected it slightly lower. Fair enough. Well, Fair enough. But then again, I think that was because a lot of people on Suns Twitter were saying, "Oh yeah, we could waive, or you know, waive Carter and then just you know, bring like him a, back on a bet. Man, wink, no problem. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Where that where it doesn't matter. And I'm like, okay. And then he, this like a uh, actual deal gets now signed. Let's, now let's let's, let's actually him. yeah let's talk about that a little bit because one of the things that the Suns have had a problem with over the years, especially as of late, is how they treat their players, right? And we'll get into that with Ubre later, but with Javon Carter, isn't that not in the very least a sign of goodwill from the Suns saying, you know what, we're not gonna maybe they could have done that, maybe they could have done it, but yeah. we're not gonna do it. We're gonna give you we're gonna give you a deal that's gonna make you happy, and I don't know. That's an Make overpay. It's. I don't think. No, it's, not, it's played, not an overpay. Right? It's not so, overpay. It's a little. It's a little over three million a year. Yeah. So it's so not, they're showing the respect four. to a guy who was a big part of their team, especially in the bubble. Yeah. And who really, even aside from the bubble, was 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 one of the was you know one Can of. Can I the, get an uh, overpay of four million dollars a year? Yeah. I'll take <laughs> I'll take an overpay overpay of like a million a year. That's totally fine by me. Um, but. One of those guys that was was a very integral part of the team throughout the season as well, and they rewarded yeah. him for that, which I think is important for a team to do. Um, speaking of being rewarded, Dario Saric also back as a lot of us expected, three year, twenty seven million dollar deal. I think that's fantastic. That was that was a lot less than I expected. Yeah, Spe- I think that's especially because there was such a run on bigs mm-hmm. in in the free agent market granted he was restricted but and also granted that run on bigs was detroit just getting all of them <laughs> getting all the bigs <laughs> all the bigs Blake griffin's gonna be their point guard and then <laughs> especially especially now that you know langston galloway is gone hey what's up anyway um and gone from the suns frank the tank kaminsky Landed in Sacramento. Sounds about right. I, I don't know why that sounds so perfect. That sounds so perfect to me. Frank in Sacramento. He he like he looks like a dude who might actually live in Sacramento during the off season. Yeah, if he didn't just live in the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Like <laughs> Sacramento is like the Midwest of the West Coast, right? So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, agree with that. Yeah. We okay. go to Sacramento. <laughs> and then oh, barely believe you me. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Cheek Diallo also gone. I has he been signed yet? No, he's still he's still out there as far as I can big, tell. Big shocker. And then Aaron Baines gone 
as well, which, you know what, eh, a lot of people, a lot of people on Sun's Twitter, I felt like they wanted to bring Baines back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Not I having- wouldn't mind having, I would, I would have liked him back. I mean, with the, with, with the signing of, or with the drafting of Smith and then the signing of Damian Jones, I knew the writing was on the wall. Like once I saw those come through um, yeah. and cause like, particularly cause his number was going to be a lot higher than the Suns wanted to pay. And this is um, going to be an, un- this is going to be an unpopular take, I think, but I'm kind of okay being without Bane's fan club now. Like, I'm sorry. Like, is that, that's not cool to say, right? Like that's a dick. I'm sorry. I, I, can, dick. I like Bane's fan club. I mean, it was getting a little annoying just like in the off seasonness of it. Just because, like, it's trying to. Although now they get content. to be the Toronto Baines fan club, which works even better for them. So at the yes. end of the day, at the end of the day, my disdain is to the benefit of. I, I just think he that. brought a lot, and even if he wasn't even playing that much, which he still has valuable skills on the court. So I understand why you want to go to a place where he can he can get a lot of time, and with. Toronto situation, he's going to get a lot of time. He might be their starting center next year. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. their other option is Alex Len. <laughs> you know, they're just signing all the former, <laughs> former Sun centers up there, up there in the North, or actually not in the North because they're, they're going to be, they're going to be the Tampa Raptors. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a, uh, Tampa Baines way of like working that too. Like you something, just something. Did it. Oh, oh, I did it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Tampa Baines. So see, it, it was, it's at the end of the day, what it is, it's, 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 it's symmetry, it's synergy, it's poetry. And it worked out. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. Like the guys that the Suns lost this off season and I'll, I'll include Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio in this conversation. Like I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over any of that. Um, and, and at the end of the day with Rubio and Kelly, it could obviously be because we got Chris Paul out of it, but right. either way you look at it like this. Do you look at, look at, look at, um, look at Ricky first. He was what he had two years left on his deal as well. Just yep. like, just like, just like CP three does. Yep. Give me two years of Ricky Rubio at whatever Ricky at Ricky Rubio level that he was playing last year, and give me two years of CP3 at what CP3 did last year. Deal, I'm fine with that. Kelly Oubre was definitely going to be gone after the season anyway. He wasn't going to get I, resigned. That's what the bottom I mean, line unless is. Unless he like played out of his butt and like it just. They well, I think even, even I think still. even then the, he's still yeah. going to be gone. He's just going to yeah. outprice himself, right? So right. At, at the end of the day, it's those guys are going to be gone, and they're gone now, and we got to return for it. And I love it. I love it. So, yeah, and I mean, and then with you know, CP Chris Paul is obviously an upgrade over Ricky Rubio. Just you know, just from the standpoint of he's he's a three he's a three level scorer that Rubio was not, he's mm-hmm. extremely efficient score in addition to being a guy who can set up and run an offense and play defense. So he's good. Ruby Rubio had two of the three things that Chris Paul has three of the three things essentially. Right. Well, and and, I think the, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. And losing Ubre picking up uh Jay Crowder, I think kind of that definitely fills that hole pretty easily because i know like one of the concerns about like particularly when they were talking about the trade and it was like when they're talking about throwing in cam johnson too and i'm like uh, we're losing all our wings but they i mean we didn't throw in cam johnson which is great and then bringing in uh jay crowder when we do like to kind of play a little bit of a smaller lineup our lineups were better when we had that extra wing kind of at the four crowder kind of fits that mold he shoots about as well as Ubre. Um, leaves from three, but he also is not demanding of the ball in the way Uber was. Cause now we have Chris Paul, who's going to be that number two score, number three score behind uh, Booker and Aiton. He's not a and black so hole. He's not, and he's not a black hole and he brings defense and he'll fit into that spot. And he can, he can defend fours cause he's, a, he's, you know, stronger. So right. I think it's a great, trade off there so like you know we 
on paper, Kelly Oubre is better than Jay Crowder. On paper, Chris Paul is better than Ricky Rubio. Net, I think overall the Suns got better at both of exactly. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we can't forget also that the Suns uh, picked up the option on campaign, who was another yes. huge, huge part of the team during the bubble. Um, that I mean, and we that's ob- honestly like probably my biggest concern about the offseason is we didn't pick up campaign was great in the bubble, but he had he was basically out of the league prior to that is bubble bubble cam going to be there starting this season is, you know, did he like turn a corner? Is he's like, is he really truly going to be that guy who can run that offense when Chris Paul's out? We didn't with the, even with the guards we did bring in, um, we didn't really bring in a true backup point guard. The guys that are there are more combo ish guards, you know, more, you know, sounds like, so I don't really know either of those guys, any of those guys like great. I'll get to know them pretty well, but they're much more shooters than they are playmakers. We didn't really bring in a good reserve playmaker. So that, that was my concern of when we passed on Halliburton for Jalen Smith. Sure. And then, but I was like, okay, we'll just, we're, the plan was to fill that spot in free agency, but then we didn't. And so like, that's kind of where I'm a little like, like that's really the only kind of hole at this point is like another true playmaker. Yeah, and I especially if we're going to give rest to Chris Paul, I mean, you know, game off here or there. We need a Booker probably start at point, but still. Right. And I, and I think that goes to where the Suns felt like their strengths were versus where the weaknesses were. When you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker as your starting backcourt, and you have a guy like Javon Carter, you have a guy like Campaign, you have a guy now like Links and Galloway you have a guy now like Etwan Moore off the bench. They're going to be able to fill those gaps, and I think the Suns look at it from the big picture of being okay. In games where Paul and Booker are both playing, and sure, there there are going to be games, whether it's by injury, whether it's by rest, whatever the case might be, where perhaps one of those two guys are not going to play. But when you have games where those two guys are playing, and you need to fill that those minutes at the one, you know, Booker is going to get some of them. I mean, Booker and well, let's just say Booker, Booker and Carter playing the backcourt is something that can be serviceable, serviceable for a few minutes within a game. You don't need somebody that's going to come in and be like, okay, well, if Chris Paul is going to play 30 minutes, just hypothetically, we need right. an 18 minute backup point guard. We don't. And I think that's the way the Suns looked at it. They're thinking, we have strength at the at the at the playmaking position, one way or the other. Whether it's mm-hmm. Chris Paul being the quote unquote one or Devin Booker being the quote unquote one, and then needing somebody to fill in some time there, then they look at it and say, okay, well, what do we need if those guys are going to be the playmakers? Those guys are going to be the right. dudes with the ball. What do we need? We need three point shooting. We need somebody that can spread the floor. And they did that with every single one of their signings, save for Damian Jones. And I don't know, maybe Damian, I don't know enough about Damian Jones. Maybe he can <laughs> shoot the three. I have no clue. But but you've got a guy in Jay Crowder who overall, career-wise, isn't a fantastic three-point shooter. But but what what it's like, it's like when people say possession is 90% of the law or whatever that whole thing is, right? Yeah. Right. Jay Crowder making teams respect that three is 90% of what he needs to do. Now I say that also knowing that when he was with Miami this past season, shot 45% from three on five attempts a game. So it's not like the dude can't shoot the three Langston Galloway, good shooter. Etwan Moore, good shooter. Tyshawn Alexander, again, signing. He's going to be, he's on a two way deal with our, Detroit Phoenix G League team. Um, but he shot, I think, 40% from three his last year in college. Obviously, bringing back Sarich, he can shoot the three. Carter, he can shoot the three. They've put the guys in place that, notwithstanding a perception that there's a lack of a true playmaker off the bench, 
They've put dudes in there who can maximize what they what they have as far as playmakers go on the team. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. It does make sense. I think, like I said, it's just it's my only it's a minor concern. It's not like, oh, my God, there's still this gaping hole. It's just like, you know, they addressed all these other things and this, you know, you know, maybe Langston Galloway can run an offense and I just don't realize it. You know, because I never watched Detroit. What? There was no reason for me to watch Detroit. So, um, you know, maybe maybe they he can run the offense just fine, or you know, campaign's just going to get in the training camp and just be like, "Yeah, I'm the backup. These are my minutes. You have to take them from me." Yeah, and, and you know, at the end of the day, it's again, it's about it's about building building a team, and you can't look at it in a vacuum. I mean, what's over like this? Right now, what are we talking about, Paul? We're talking about the sun's being good. Yeah, well, not just that, (laughs) but we're talking about problems, perceived problems with depth. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, the past, the past, I want to say, we're talking about problems with starters. (laughs) But for the past four years, at least, we've been talking about problems exactly with starters, with quality, just having quality NBA talent on the floor. Yeah, we have, we have quality NBA talent from like one to 14. It's unreal, man. Like, and this is actually, if you think about it, like, can you think of a deeper Suns team? Like, period. Well, we've got a guy like Etwan Moore. Who knows how many minutes he's going to be get? That 2010 team was pretty deep. You know, they went, they were playing 10, 10 at least 10 deep that whole season because Gentry was doing hockey lineups. I'd have to look yeah. back. I have to look back and see that 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 entire it, team. But you know, the because the, the, the bench was was Dragic, Barbosa, Dudley, Amundsen, and Fry. That was the second unit. That's a legit. Most of those guys became starters in the league. Second unit. So like I mean that's I'm, probably I'm, the sorry I'm looking let's see had. so that that you're talking about the forty and forty two team right no, no I'm talking about the team that went to the Western Conference Finals the our test team the one the team, forty team. and forty two team would have that been the team huh huh why, why would, huh? no they weren't forty and forty two because they had to have a record that oh would that have, was a team that just barely missed the playoffs actually the forty and forty two team yeah. So you're going back, call and see. I'm looking. Right the, now, the, 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 yeah. Nat, so you're talking nat, about the year before, nine, 2009, nat, 2010 team. Yeah. So let's see. Amari, Nash, Richardson, Grant Hill, Channing Fry were your five highest minutes. So I'll assume those were the starters. Okay. Dudley, Lopez, Drogic, Barbosa, Amundsen. So, okay. Okay. I, and, and now I'm trying to think about it compared to this year's team. So if Amundsen is your 10th guy, then who's our 10th guy now? Etwan Moore, Jalen Smith. Yeah. I guess, I guess both of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's easily said it's the deepest team the Suns have had in decade, a decade. Yeah. Def- At least that is, Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Okay. Deepest team so, in a decade. So, if we're just going to sit here and quibble over who the backup point guard is on yeah. paper, eh. especially when we still have the biannual exception available, right? And you know, and, somebody and, comes and especially available. since you know you've got a coach and money loans. Now, we. We 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 debated this. We at least had issues with how Monty Williams kind of ran his rotations last year, at least early in the year, right? Yeah, he was trying but, to figure out what he was what he had. Exactly. And that's the that's the big key. Cause I've seen people say, Well, how's Monty gonna deal with this this much, you know, <laughs> this much talent? Which is an insane thing to say about a coach. Oh, this coach is gonna be, you know, <laughs> He's going to be well, bogged down by too much talent on the actually, roster, but that's, that's but like you said, hold on, hold on, hold on. But no, but Monty Williams' rotation issues last year were based off of lack of talent, based off of injuries, 
but he has now suspensions enough and suspensions (laughs) but now he has talent where he can he can mix and match these pieces to his liking and i think i think monty williams i think we're going to see a lot out of monty this year i think this is going to be your money. What really shows to us that hell yeah, we have a, we have an elite coach. I I really believe that. Dark horse uh, coach of the year candidate. I'd say favorite if it was me, but you know, it yeah. goes hand in hand with that one C that I've been talking about for months now. <laughs> Hey, no spoilers for me. I totally later. just tried to I totally just tried <laughs> to mute myself while I slurped my drink and failed. So I apologize if you all heard that. Okay. So well, Paul, let's talk about go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. One more thing I just wanted to bring up of with regards to the roster. And this is just like a more global question I had, like thought I just had about the NBA in general is so we had the bubble. They expanded rosters during the bubble for fear of COVID. You know. They were allowed to bring up to seven. I think they were allowed to bring up to 17 guys. Now we're going, and that was in a, in a bubble where they had a massive protocols in place to like, Mm -hmm. to avoid, to minimize and avoid COVID. And that was, and and they still are able to accomplish it in Florida, which was like at the time, one of the worst places for COVID still not one of the best places for COVID. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not like Arizona is much better right now. But, but so we went from that to now we're going to at the height of the pandemic in the United States. Currently, it may go higher. Um, going back to operating more like a traditional season with travel and all of that stuff. But they didn't expand rosters. I found that very odd. You know, particularly after we've watched what happened with baseball, we watch, we're watching what's happening with the NFL right now there. You're running into issues where, you know, games are being postponed. Games are being canceled because teams don't have enough players or, you know, just, yeah. And when you're dealing with such a small number of players in a basketball team, where it's only 15 guys, if you get an outbreak of four or five guys get COVID you're down to 10 players or it could be even worse than that. Like the, uh, having the ability to have a larger roster, it just, it surprised me that that wasn't an additional option that they put into this for this year. Well, and, and I, you know, I, I, I'm going to assume that the reason that's not there is because of money. Because I, if you think about right. it, I mean like, okay, baseball, they allowed them to have like their, kind of COVID reserve team, right? Right. But at the end of the day, even though baseball has 25 players on a roster, you still have a 40-man roster. Right. So you're still paying those dudes. Right. NFL, well, NFL, they didn't expand their rosters, and we've seen, what, we, we've seen what, what's happened. NFL players are also in a lot no, more No, the NFL did, I think, expand their did rosters. They? I don't think, I think they, they did. did. Oh, okay. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I feel like they did. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Denver here's doesn't have a quarterback this week. So. Here's exactly. They didn't expand <laughs> them enough, clearly. You, you can't the carry 19 quarterbacks. Um, here's what I think uh, the NBA is probably doing. is they, they probably have something in place where if it becomes necessary, they're going to allow for expanded rosters. They're going to allow for something. Right. You know, your, your two way players or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be like, uh, you know, again, two way players can come onto your team without losing some of their two way time or whatever the case might be. Right. Right. Well, yeah. But I think that the NBA, the way the NBA operates and the way the NBA is and the way the NBA successfully maneuvered the bubble, I have a feeling that they don't want to sit there and go, we're going to put expanded rosters out there right off the bat to make it appear like they're knowingly and willingly it. walking into a, a, a failing situation. Right. I get um, that. And, and, and I really think that has to be, that has to be the reason for it. Like if we sit here and think that Adam Silver hasn't thought about that and hasn't put something in place that very well could end up going into place in reality, as opposed to just being a potential concept, I think we're being silly, right? 
Um, right. We, we see the way that he maneuvered the bubble again and, and how the, the NBA worked it so beautifully. Unlike any other professional organization, professional league, uh, I, I'm sure he's got an idea in mind. And at the end of the day, I think there's also less potential for those types of breakouts only because you have less players, you know? And, and, you know, I, I don't want to make, I don't want to make judgment about NBA players versus players in other leagues, but I mean, we had what one real like weird incident in the bubble. I venture to guess if you put the NFL in a bubble, you'd have a lot more weird, weird, <laughs> weird kind of shit happening. I mean, and and I I can't explain why I think that. I just who, who, who was it that got kicked out for? Oh, <laughs> it was. Uh, I it's just hilarious. <laughs> the the strip club thing, right? Oh no, no, it wasn't a strip club. That was Lou Williams went to a strip club. Right. No, but, I'm thinking about the guy who like yeah who had brought sex with like the in. tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even that they brought somebody in. It was the person who like was giving the COVID tests. <laughs> I mean, technically, he brought her in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, anyway, so okay, okay, but no, I you know I, I think at the end of the day, we're gonna have at some point along the line, there's going to be a COVID thing with the NBA there. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, just statistically there has to be. Um, I hope that it doesn't get to the point of like a, an outbreak where games get canceled and things like that. But ultimately I, I do think that if it gets to that point that the NBA will have something in place where they're going to be able to manage it. If 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 MLB could manage it, where like week one they had teams that were all just like infected with COVID and still finish their season, the NBA is going to figure it out. Right? Yeah. I mean, they will, and I think that's why they've done some things with regards to like even when they're releasing the schedule, they're only planning on releasing the first half. Yeah. To allow for okay, we got to see how this goes. We'll have it in the pocket, but if we need to make adjustments, we're prepared. So, um, that, that makes sense too. So it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I know we were kind of worried. Everybody was worried about kind of how the bubble was going to go and it went great. And now it's just, you know, worried about this too. There's a lot more, a lot more variables, a lot more, um, risk. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. So, okay. Let's, let's wrap up the free agent talk by, <clears throat> excuse me. Going with one one question here. You and I can okay. both answer. Shoot. Or maybe two. Let's start with yeah. this. Let's start with this one. Favorite move in free agency by the Suns. Paul, what do you say? Honestly, I think the thing I was my biggest my favorite move was honestly Dario's contract. I was expecting it to be a bigger number than that. So from a cap management perspective, that really surprised me in a good way. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about trying to go outside the box with this, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot it straight for once in my life. I'm just going to say Jay Crowder, man. That's a great signing. That is, it is great. Yeah. That's such an easy answer, but it's such an, it's an easy answer for a reason. Like that is a great signing. That is a guy who has been in the playoffs year after year in his career. He knows how to win. And he brings everything that's – let's think about this. Two years ago, everyone, even even us on this pod maybe, <laughs> said that the Suns were amongst the softest teams in the NBA. Now the Suns literally have like four dudes on your team who would probably murder you if you looked at them wrong. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, we've got – and and – and Devin Booker would, but now he doesn't have to because he's got Jay Crowder or Chris Paul to do it. Okay. Um, and then who else was I thinking? Um, I feel like I, I thought somebody else too added a lot of toughness to this team. Now, okay, fine. Maybe it's three. Okay. But just having Jay Crowder and Chris Paul on this team, Javon it changes Carter. the entire. <laughs> Javon Carter's just, yeah, okay. That's fair enough. I mean, He's a bulldog. Like literally he's like, I feel like he might be part bulldog. 
Um, this team has toughness that we have not seen from a Suns team. Now, here's the thing that I can say. It hasn't just been a decade. We haven't seen a Suns team with this type of toughness or this type of swagger and good swagger. Not like I like to ride rhinestone cowboys, rhinestone, rhinestone horses swagger. I'm talking about real swagger since like the Barkley days, right? And that was right. all because Barkley was there because he threw a guy through a pane glass window one time. And you don't, <laughs> you, 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 there's, there, there's, there's no more toughness than throwing a human being through a window. Like you're in a movie um, and getting away with it too. <laughs> That's the best part. So uh, the, the addition of these guys, they're just this hard nosed mentality. And all of a sudden you have a team that can be incredibly efficient offensively. You have a team that is tough defensively. And you have a team that is going to, we've talked about this before, demand respect, not just from the league, but from the referees because they've got a guy like Chris Paul on their team. I mean, holy shit, dude. God, I haven't been this excited about the Suns <laughs> since I don't remember when. Like, honestly, like even when the Suns signed Steve Nash again, I was not this excited about the Suns. Just, Were you this excited about the Suns when they got the number one pick? Like, no. even just for that moment when we won. No, no, <laughs> no. You know why? Because we had a draft pick and we had Devin Booker. Now yeah. we have we have that draft pick. Exci- Instead of being excited for the future and what's going to come, it's like I'm excited for the now. Exactly. I'll say this. I'll say this. I would say that I was when we got that number one pick excited about what this team was going to be in a few years, which is where we are right now. Like, I, right. I honestly, I just haven't been this stoked about a Suns team and God knows how long. Well, I already said since Barkley, <laughs> maybe I would have been more excited about a Suns team before that, but I don't have that depth of memory because, you know, I was a child. So, yeah, but dude, <laughs> Like everything about it's not like we can't just sit here and go, oh, they're going to be a great offense team. Oh, they're going to be a great defense team. Oh, they're going to be a tough team. Like all of that is there right now, dude. All of that, Paul. Yeah, it's they're they're a complete team. What's that? What is that? Oh, oh, okay, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. And you know what? We're I was gonna ask us to answer the question of what was our least favorite move, but unless you really want to answer that, I don't really care. Like I don't have a least favorite move. If you want to answer it? I can see from your face. Go ahead. Answer I mean, it. if I if you were gonna say anything, I think my only thing would be you know I would have liked to have Baines back. I mean, I know we weren't; it wasn't gonna happen, so I knew it was ex- it was an expected move. But I think what he I think what he brought to the team almost as like a player coach, particularly for Aiden was really beneficial last year. And I would like to have seen him be able to kind of help foster that and really ingrain it under with another full season. That's it. But I understand hundred percent why it didn't happen and just, and that's it. <laughs> you said that's it twice. Are you sure? This I time? did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, and I, I get that. And I would agree with you if um, Chris Paul wasn't here to like verbally and maybe physically abuse the under eight. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a difference between coaching and verbally and physically abusing. I, I don't know which one, I don't know if Aiden will respond as well. To- <laughs> I feel I feel like I feel like Chris Paul probably verbally abuses while coaching. He's a verbal abusive coach. Verbally abusive coach. It's, I don't know. I, it's, it I seems feel like, I feel like now CPS is going to call on him or something. A lot of but. teammates outside of James Harden really like Chris Paul as a teammate. <laughs> well if james harden like him let's just let's cancel everything because james harden is the is the compass the end of all, be all nba morality oh jesus <laughs> i just love i suddenly i love chris paul more oh thank you paul thank you're you. welcome all right okay so let's move on let's move on to one former son that some people seem to be some people like 
pretty much half of Suns Nation seem to be very hung up on still. And that's Kelly Oubre. Um, Kelly Oubre gave, what, a couple of interviews where he said some very Crash. not 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 polite things about the Phoenix Suns. And I won't go into all the details about what he said. Everybody's read it. Everybody's heard it. Um, I will read one quote when I when, when my turn comes to talk about this because you and I might have differing opinions on it. But Paul, obviously Kelly Oubre threw some shade going out of town. We yeah. can say that, right? Yeah. How do you feel about Kelly Oubre throwing shade going out of town? I don't care. I, it's a non-story to me. It's like, you know, it happens a lot, you know, players leave teams and then, you know, they, a lot of times they're just in those situations, they're just trying to talk up. I'm happy to be at this situation and this new situation. And in doing that, they tend to throw a little bit of shade on the other team. I think it gets, can get blown out of proportion a lot just because of the sun's history with that. And, you know, a lot of that being from like the McDonough era where he really did treat players like assets and didn't really take into account any of the human aspect of it. And like what, you know, it's just like, it's not, you have to keep players informed. You know, it does kind of suck if it was true that Ubre was at practice and found out because other players saw it on Twitter, like his, that his like agent wasn't even in the loop or anything like that, that, but I mean, you had to know it was going down. It was just a matter of time. I mean, that was like, it was the rumors about a Chris Paul deal were hundred percent real. Clearly they were pretty strong. And the only way to do it monetarily was Uber and, and Rubio, which is also apparently Rubio had, didn't hear from them either. And if, if that's true, that is bad on the Suns. The Suns need to be better about making sure they're communicating with their players. So they're finding out from them that you know this is happening or this you know might happen or whatnot so just so they can be prepared um rather than it being found out by the through the media but you know the suns are an easy target you know just because of their history so it's easy to lob a couple jabs and you know helps ingratiate you with the new the new team you know by like by shitting on your old team and it's you know it's like you know it's a scorn you know it's the whole scorn lover thing of like you know i got broken up with so i'm gonna be pissed at the person who broke up with me you yeah know? no okay I, i've got a couple thoughts about that so first of all the whole idea that they had like both kelly and and ricky that they had no idea it was coming like you said is asinine because well, you didn't say asinine, but you implied that, right? Because sure. monetarily, if the Chris Paul uh, 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 rumors are out there, just even if they're out there, you have to know that if 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 there's any legs to that at all, which if it's getting reported around by multiple people, there's legs to it to some degree that you guys have to be involved in that somehow because monetarily it's not going to make sense any other way. Second of all, I'd be interested in knowing, okay, let's say that the agents said, oh, well, you're not involved in these trades or, you know, your name's off the table. Your name is off the table. How do we know that's what the Suns told the agents? And the agents aren't trying to protect their players and their players' mindset because if that trade doesn't go through, you don't want a guy who's going to be pissed at his team for the entire year. I'm just right. saying complete speculation. I mean – it's a, it's a weird agent, thing about say, being a professional that, athlete no. in general. It's a weird thing about being a professional athlete in general that I'm like, I I don't know how well I'd handle it. Like the whole idea of like at a drop of a hat, you know, you could be living in another city with new bosses with like a whole new group of people. I mean, I know people get transferred in departments and whatnot within companies, but that's a whole different, like, Hey, if you were getting paid $15 million a year, would you care as much, Paul? Maybe if I went from a team that was winning to a team that was losing <laughs> and I went from Los Angeles to Oklahoma city, $15 million wouldn't change your mind about how, I mean, dude, at the end of the day, it's a business. Like people get fired all the time. Right. Most, most companies, some companies will say, Hey, here's two weeks. We're going to fire you. You have two weeks. Okay. Go find a new job. Some companies pay you severance. Most don't do either. 
and you just get I fired know. and you're done. I know. So, so why, why, why do NBA, NBA players feel like they should be entitled to know what's going to happen with their future? I mean, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be like insensitive about it. I'm just trying to be realistic about this. Like it's a job at the end of the day. Why, why, why do they, why do they feel like they should be treated well, different than any other? It's, it's not that, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's different in the way that it's like, you could be doing a great job. And then at the drop of a hat, you're like, okay, now you got to be on a plane tonight. Cause you're going, you're going to go live across the country. And like, you literally have to drop everything you're doing and go live across the country with no notice. You can't even like settle your affairs in town. You have to deal with that after the fact. It's just a very weird way to kind of exist in like, particularly when you're in a role player role of, you know, there's constant, your name is constantly going to be out there in like, whether the team wants to get rid of you or another team wants to get you, or, you know, just because you're the idea of you being an asset that is movable is, is different than any other type of, but isn't that why they get paid what they get paid? Isn't that part of it? It is part of it. Yes. But it's still, it's a mental thing. I'm just saying it's, it's a weird way to be as a person to have to like exist in that mental state, you know, everybody who's dealing with it is dealing with it. And they're in a closed system of like, okay, Hey, how do you, you know, how do you deal with getting traded? And you can talk to guys who've been traded and whatnot and whatnot, how you deal, how do you stay focused, particularly if that, you know, your name starts popping up more and more because you're like a prime target or like a prime asset to be traded for another target, depending on what role your team's at. It's just, it's a very unique pressure to sports, a unique distraction. No, it's definitely unique. Absolutely. But to, to, to act like it's any sort of an issue when that's the norm, especially, no, I'm just saying, day, it also, especially it in this hurts. day and age, it still hurts. You know, you've made friends, you've, you've, you've settled, you've are settled down somewhere. You either, you own a house, you own property or something you know, you're getting comfortable and then they says, you know, now you got to move. But it's part of the you know, business, that, right? It is I part. Mean, of, yes, it is yeah. part of the business, but people are also humans, <laughs> you know. And I guess I guess I guess going back to like kind of what my 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 more more of my focus is, is like the idea that they feel like they should know, especially in this day and age when Twitter exists. Right. Right. When. When immediacy exists, we know who's getting drafted before they get drafted. Like that's just the norm. And to be shocked that you find out through social media, and we don't know if it's because the Suns leaked it, because it's the 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 because OKC leaked it, because Abdel Nader's agent leaked it. We have no idea. But but to, to, to think of that, okay, I didn't hear about it before I heard about it on social media, knowing how instantaneous social media is these days, right. especially if you have one person who might not be associated with the Suns at all leaking it, and then to put that on the Suns seems unfair to me. Now, now if, if Woj was like, oh, hey, this trade is happening. James Jones just told me before he told them, okay, fine. But we don't know that's the case. So I just think it's unfair to make any sort of judgment whatsoever about that based on that. You know what else I think is unfair, Paul? It's this quote from Kelly Oubre. <laughs> okay. I can play for an owner, somebody who actually cares about the organization and not just the perception of the organization on me, on the media end of it. And I'll stop it at that. Because I feel like does 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 Robert Sarver do people actually think Robert Sarver doesn't care about this organization now based on like the commitment he's made in building the practice facility in picking up Chris Paul's gigantic contract in giving James Jones and uh, 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 Jeff Bauer not Jack Bauer but Jeff Bauer uh, uh, autonomy. Do people really do people really think that James? Excuse me, Robert Sarver doesn't care about his organization. I mean that 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 quote was insane to me for that very reason. Kelly Oubre is basically saying, "I'm so happy to be away from a team that won't pay me, but will pay a guy way more than me." 
because that team doesn't care about their organization. That owner doesn't care about his organization. Any thoughts on that? Other than it's an easy shot to take it, Robert Sarver, because Robert Sarver is Robert Sarver. Yeah, it's it's an easy shot, and I don't know what you know his interactions with Sarver were, things like that, or you know if he has any like specific exam or like um, examples or um, experiences that you know kind of solidified that, and it's not just the public perception thing. But again, you know it is a public perception thing, where I mean you're look. He literally was acquired by a team that is paying, even though he's only making $15 million, they're paying $80 million to have him on their team. 83. Whatever. Still, <laughs> I mean, that's a commitment. Like that's a, we, we're willing to commitment. Is Kelly Oubre worth $83 million? I don't know, but I mean, if, is Probably, Kelly no, come on, Paul? No, he's not. You don't know. You know over the life of a contract. Maybe. Oh, like a, like an eight year contract? Sure. Okay. Five year. Four, yeah, four year. Four year <laughs> contract, sure. Maybe. Um over the life of a contract, maybe. Um, but you know, for a season, no. But you know what Golden State is trying to do, I mean, they are throwing good money after bad to try to, you know, because like you know, they had a really bad season last year where they paid out the nose because they had their main guys who eat up their entire salary cap, um, all injured. And then this year they, you know, the season starts again and they they lost another one of those guys for the year and, but they actually want to try to compete this year. So, I mean, they're in a, they're in a situation They're they're on a clock, they're on a timeline that they need to, you know, maximize. So timeline? they're willing to, they're yeah. on the timeline. Uh Oh, Different kind of timeline. Look out, Golden State. Timelines don't work out. D- different kind of timeline. Um, but, you know, they're trying to maximize that. And, you know, they need they needed a guy at that position. He was available. And they had this, you know, they had a trade exception that they could move for him. So, like, they could actually make it work. But here's, it cost here's them what, an additional exorbitant amount of tax. Here's what I think Kelly Ray is pissy about. I think he's pissy about the fact that Robert Sarver went on air on 98.7 and said he expected Kelly Oubre to play in the bubble because Kelly Oubre in his interviews as of late basically said he was physically ready to play, but not mentally ready to play. And I think that's why Kelly Oubre thinks that Sarver cares more about the perception of the organization than the organization itself because Robert Sarver wasn't willing to accept the fact that Kelly Oubre didn't want to play in the bubble. I think that's what it boils down to. That's it. That's it. Right. And I think, I mean, there's also, I mean, there's so many like wrinkles to that. Like Ubre was like, he didn't, he didn't mentally want to play in the bubble, but he also didn't want to give up the money he was going to lose if he didn't go to the bubble. So he still went, just didn't play. And, you know, so yeah, I, there's so many layers to it. I get it. And I mean, I will not begrudge a single person from the standpoint of like, if they're not mentally ready to come back from an injury, I get that hundred percent. You know, if you're not going to feel confident, that's more likely you're going to re-injure yourself. And so, I mean, but at the same time, if he wasn't feeling comfortable because injury probably shouldn't have gone period. Right. But that's a whole right. Right. See, there's two sides to the story all the time. And and maybe people need to take into account both sides of the story because I think I think there's just as much fault. Mu- excuse me, just as much fault. There's a messy situation. Out. Exactly, exactly. And I think again, look, we all know that me, Book, and Fitz are the only Robert Sarver supporters in Phoenix, right? We all know <laughs> that. So I feel like Chris Paul's gonna get along really well. With <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. He can he can join the club. I'll Jarvis allow gonna it. start sitting at a baseline again with his foam finger yelling at the refs again because he's got <laughs> oh, he's please. got the biggest ref yeller on the in the. Oh, I would love that. I would team. love that. I would love that. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's just it's it's a little cowardly to to take a shot like that when you know damn well that you were part of the Kelly Oubre sealed his fate with the Suns when he decided not to play in the bubble, like easy. Then his yeah. fate was really sealed when they went eight. No, without him. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and, and is he pissy about that? Sure. But you know what? When you get asked the question, well, how will it feel? Because like, oh, first of all, uh, I will say the the guys who were hosting that show, whoever they are up in San Francisco area, they totally baited them into it. Like they're like, so oh, yeah. how is it going to feel playing for like a real owner? They, that was basically how they framed their question. So they baited them to a certain degree. But it's very easy to respond and say, look, I'm very grateful for the fact that the Suns gave me the opportunity to show my my abilities that I was because of playing for them valued enough to get traded for a you know future Hall of Famer and that they gave me a two-year $30 million deal. I mean, it's easy to say that. Apparently, it's easier to just shit on Robert Sarver because that's the thing to do. And and you know what? So be it. You know why? Because when the Suns are the blank seed that I won't spoil the next segment, even though I already did it earlier, and Golden State is trying to fight maybe for an eight seed. Kelly Reed's gonna, you know, be sitting there being like, oh well, maybe I should go somewhere else now where I'll feel more loved, even more than the eighty-three million dollars are spending on me this year. Okay. Hey, so, the New York Knicks are gonna would throw a ton of money at him. Uber <laughs> <No. laughs> on the Knicks actually sounds like the perfect marriage. The perfect actually Uber Uber really feels more like a net. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. Look, Steve Nash has enough to deal with out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude. Uh, well, and, and, and if something happens with James Harden, I mean, Jesus. Right. 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 All Honestly, right, if they so, got James Harden, I get rid of Kyrie. <laughs> dude. No, I, I don't want that. I want them to get James Harden, keep Kyrie. And just, I just want to watch that, you know, and if they, if Nash does, no, it, I, I, just, I would laugh so hard if they got rid more of more power to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like talk, talk about an interview after the trade oh my god <laughs> oh my god okay let's uh okay we we said we we're gonna do this and i want to do this and we're running a little long right, but how, we'll do it how, how, how how deep are we going we're gonna just start, go starting back to front front to back we're gonna start front to back so okay we're gonna it's non Suns West power rankings and then top to bottom after we after we finish our top to bottom we will throw where and where we think the Suns are going to land right all right and I say let's go we can go 10 deep okay we're only going top 10 okay so basically yeah. everybody everybody who has a shot at the playoffs anybody who's going to make yeah exactly exactly make the play and tournament okay exactly so um and we'll go let's go back and forth let's go back and forth okay so I'll, I'll go first one seed Okay. Non Suns one seed, mind you. Mm-hmm. Lakers. Agreed. Okay. Number two, non Suns West Power Rankings. Paul, you go first. Clippers. Okay. I say Nuggets. I say Nuggets. Okay. Okay. Nuggets, they yeah. lost Jeremy Grant. Michael Porter Jr. has been emerging, if you will. And I like their, uh, you know what, the, the Nuggets, like the, like they did with MPJ, man. They got Zeke Nagy and they got RJ Hampton in this draft. And I think those are two really good picks. Okay, so that's my two. So three, I'll go. This this one might be a little bit of a surprise to you, Paul. Blazers. Okay. Not a surprise. I was going to go Blazers too. Ooh, you and me, baby. You and me. So I think we probably just flipped the Nuggets and the, the Clips then. Um, Basically, yeah, probably and, sounds uh, like it. You know, and I'll say oh, why. Like, look, the Blazers went six and two in the bubble. They got Nurkic back. They didn't have him all last year. Um, and they had Robert Covington. And they've got, well, maybe, you know, he's a good role player. Zach Collins could be, I think Zach Collins can be still can be a really good NBA player. I do. Okay. So four, Paul, go ahead. Four. Uh, okay. Um, Mavericks. Ooh, wow. Okay. 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 My four is the clips. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, they've got their problems. You still have Paul George and Kawhi. And they added they, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, they added Serge Ibaka. Yeah. And Ty Lu, I guess, maybe. Yeah. 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 All right. So five, my five is the Mavs. Okay. I'm not going to talk about them. Your okay. five ball? Um, I, now it's time for the Nuggets. Okay. Wow. So you're saying, ooh, 
That's interesting, Paul. Okay. Okay. Um, six, you go. Six, uh, jazz. Same. Seven, I say warriors. Oh, shit. I fuck. I forgot the warriors. I, I have the warriors above the jazz. My bad. Fair enough. So, seven, you'll say warriors too, then? Just yeah. for sake yeah. of this conversation now. For sake of this conversation. I'll let you yeah. flick them. Flick them. Flick them. Flick them. So flick them like a, I'm gonna flick them on the platforms. You want you want you want you want you want six warriors, seven jazz. Then is that what you would say? Yep. Okay. So eight. Uh, you uh, New Orleans. Okay, I got the Grizz, and I'm gonna assume that we're gonna be flipped on the nine too. What's your nine? Grizz. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the Pelicans. So we got all that down. I have no idea what you said. We flipped a few there, but. We have the same teams in the top nine. Did you have anybody top that team. you like debated on that you thought about no. in those other six? Nope. You think they're all like Spurs? No. I mean, the Kings are the, the Kings are going to Kangs. Um, the the Timberwolves are going to lose Carl Anthony Towns in spectacular fashion. No, nope. yeah, uh, no, I I didn't see anybody that like I was like, oh, maybe they can push up a little bit. I mean, no. I just didn't. All right. So now the important question, Paul. Yep. So we laid out the top 10. I'm assuming the Suns are in your top 10. <laughs> Meh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Let's say for the sake of argument, they're in your top 10. Where for do the, the Suns sake, fall? For the sake in, of this discussion. Yes. Where they're in my you, top where, 10. Where do the Suns fall in your top 10? Fifth. Fifth, so they would be then what between just the, below the Mavericks, just be, ooh, oh, above gosh. the Nuggets. Okay, above the Nuggets, below the Mavs. I I can't believe you have the Nuggets that low. Why do you have the Nuggets that low? Because I I feel like they downgraded this year in this offseason. Well, I mean, they did. I think they did. I think that's fair. I mean, you lose Jeremy Grant and you replace him with. For all intents and purposes, a couple of draft picks, hoping that they're going to pan out. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. takes that next step. And I, I, th- I think they're a kind of team that they've kind of they've already kind of hit their ceiling without Got- a major move. It might, and those teams tend to regress sometimes. You know, whether it's players move on, play. You know, you know, they start getting disgruntled because they're not getting over whatever the hump is that they have. Mm-hmm things like that. So, I mean, did we have the rocket? Did we talk about the rockets? Did the rockets fall out? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we just like left them off. Like, yeah, they're, they're, to- they're toast. I mean, they're probably I mean, in there, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, as I stand right now, unless they just collapse on the court, which, which I mean, we had Jane Harden teams that did that. Like where like, he just like, wasn't into it for the season and like, yeah, they just like fell off the map, and I could. Oh, if him and Russ are that way, ooh, yeah, that's gonna be bad. No, like I'm, I'm, I, I actually, I hope that both those guys are still on the Rockets, just to see the fist fight that eventually breaks out between the two of them in the middle of the game at some point. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Why did I have the exact same thought? <laughs> Literally, I was thinking the same thing. Were you really? <laughs> like that's gonna be the first time you're gonna see an in-game fist fight between two teammates. Yeah, <laughs> who would win that fight, Russ versus James Harden? I mean, is that going to be a, a a Jake Paul and uh, Nate Robinson type Nate Robinson situation? situation? <laughs> and if so, which one's Jake? Which one's Nate? On I I think on paper you want to pick Westbrook because he just seems like like the crazier one. But I feel like Harden might be sneaky, like vicious. See, I see, <laughs> I see, I see Harden maybe going like trying to go with a low blow. Like, you know, yeah, he's, he's going to go for the nut shot, like the invert nut shot. And then, and then just pounce because, you know, it's a fight in the middle of a basketball game. So there's no rules. Um, but on paper, yeah, I would take Westbrook. So anyway, you put the Suns at the five. Yeah. I'll make this quick. Cause we're running late. And I think everyone knows my answer anyway. Suns. What, what number is it, Paul? What number is it? Look at your camera. What number is it? One. The one seed, obviously, obviously. 
Look, I've I've I've, I've, I've said it, I've said it way too much. I'm not going to go back on it at this point, man. I love this team. I love this team. I haven't seen them on the court yet, and I I love this team, and I'm stoked about this season. All right, so well, let's I wrap mean, up. hey, I mean, we we've seen it before with the Suns. You know, that 2003 2004 team was like worse than our team last year. Mm-hmm. And they won six. Basically, games. only changed out the point guard. Mm-hmm. And then they went and became the one seed. It's not impossible. And they, let's see here. Let's see. The Suns would need to win 54 games to match that, basically. Oh, by the way, Suns, 38 and a half wins. Hammer that over, people. Hammer that over. Hammer it. Hammer it. Hammer it. Hammer it. Hammer it. Hammer it. Did I say that enough? Hammer it. Okay. All right. So let's let's wrap up. I'm not going to ask you if you have any final thoughts because I know you're looking forward to basketball. I know that's what you're going to say, and we're running long anyway. So as we'll we just, always do, we'll skip over all that beauty, and we'll say as we always say on Fan of the Flames. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you guys listening, and depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I really should have upgraded to that double tree. Just